Tall Tales and True is produced on Yagara and Turrbal land, and I'd like to pay my respects to elders past, present, and emerging. Hey, it's Tilly here. Just want to let you know there's some spicy content in this episode, adult themes and strong language. Sometimes sex work bookings are better in pairs. Because of safety in numbers, sure, but also sometimes they're just more fun if you have a friend there with you. And if you're still pretty new to the sex work game and disaster strikes, it helps to have a colleague with a bit of experience there with you. I'm Tilly Lawless, and this season of Tall Tales and True, we've been bringing you stories from sex workers. Pris has been in the industry for about five years or so now, and she runs Decolonize Sex Work AU, a movement for showcasing First Nations sex working voices. She performed this story for the Intro Room, a virtual storytelling event that hundreds of people attended during the pandemic lockdowns. Heads up, this one isn't for the faint-hearted, and if you listen with kids, grandparents, or, well, really anyone else around, you'll have a lot of explaining to do, so maybe pop some headphones in. Pris began by paying her respects to the traditional owners of country throughout Australia, especially the terrible people on whose land she shared this story. My name's Pris. I'm a proud Iman, Gungalu and Bajurara woman. So much of my sex work has been exhausting, especially mentally and physically. So I kind of want to tell a funny story of my baby whore days. It's 2pm in the afternoon. I wake up groggy and in pain from the night before of stripping and fucking. I check my phone and roll my eyes, reading 10 plus texts from a client asking for a special natural booking at 8am in the morning. I pull myself out of my dark bedroom and hop in the shower. Fuck this. Another night. I love my job and I love the fun and fuck, I love the money, but my knees fucking hurt. As I get ready for my next booking, a bachelor party at 6pm, I put on my cheap wished lingerie. My makeup is terrible, but I truly don't give a fuck. Not as if the bleak middle-aged males I'm about to entertain will be critiquing my winged eyeliner or my shit eyeshadow blending. I make sure to take an extra packet of condoms and my favourite scented lube with me because bachelor parties always call for side jobs. Drunk men seeing their friends get married always seems to make them feel like they need to scrape anything or anyone in the room. I don't know why. I cover myself in my Beyonce perfume, pluck the small snail trails out of my lacy bodysuit, and I put on my cheap sports girl lipstick. I always wore it to work. Why buy expensive makeup when that shit is getting wiped off from the sheets or a dick? I get in an Uber because as if I'm going to take a bus looking like this, which I probably would have if I was just going to the club with a coat over, because I'm really fucking lazy when it comes to changing outfits. Think you're going to hire me and get a few outfit changes? I don't think so. Pay me extra. At this point, I'm kind of nervous. I've always been nervous when it comes to being a hoe. Not too sure I'll ever get used to it. Whether it's just sucking dick or getting fucked from behind, I always get butterflies. Dick excites me, but I hate men. I finally get to the hotel and meet one of the guys in the lobby. Hi, Electra. He lets me know it's a secret that he's hired me for his friend and he'd like me to surprise him. Okay, it doesn't sound anything out of the regular. Oh, well, 1500 for this booking. I'm fucking broke, and this was amazing money to me being a baby whore. We get up to the floor that everyone is on, and I can already hear the techno music coming from the room really loudly. His mate opens the door, and we walk through into a completely trashed room. It's only 6 p.m. 
They all turn and look at me, every single one. I get some great looks and some whistles, usual reactions. I get introduced to the groom. He looks at me shyly and lets me know this is the first time he's ever done something like this. Fair enough. I let him know it's fine and I understand. And if he's uncomfortable with anything to let me know. Halfway through the booking, I get a call from my work best friend, Emily. I didn't have many work friends at all and I kept to myself. She tells me a subpar C-list celebrity athlete is in our club and I need to get back ASAP. Is it even worth it? I'm in a booking already, I tell her. She tells me that it's definitely worth it and I need to finish up as soon as possible. I think to myself, who the fuck does she think she is? As if I'm going to finish up on a good booking like this. But I really don't know any better, so I do. I really don't know what to say to them because I've never actually ended a booking early. So I let everyone know there's been an emergency and I had to leave. They hand me cash and thank me for the few hours. I knew they didn't really believe that shit, but I really wanted to go see what all the fuss was about at the club. I've never actually had any kind of celebrity come in. Not even an AFL or an NRL player. So my dumb ass was so excited to see what was happening. I get in an Uber and head back to Brisbane City to the club. When I arrived back to the club, Emily was outside on the phone to her partner having a cigarette, telling him about the athlete inside and that he was some kind of boxer. She's so tall and gorgeous and every male inside always flocks to be near her. She has the voice of an angel and had been doing this kind of work for years now, much longer than me. She was always my guidance and always the person I went to for advice. She would tell me about her dom experiences or she would let me in on her rates and when I should be charging for private bookings. She'd tell me her stories of golden showers and fisting, make me feel less alone as a baby sex worker in an industry I didn't really understand yet. We finally get into the club and I can already see the filled booth of men, including this athlete. My feet are aching already and I'm already over this night, but praying for a good payout. We sit in the booth for a bit and head off for a few private dances. Emily suggested that we all go back to his hotel. He was already pretty drunk at this point, so there was no hesitation in his answer. We get back to his hotel, just me and Emily, and she starts getting addressed almost instantly. She tells me that we'll have him together and split the money. She convinces him to pay extra and he gives her 5k in cash in her hand. At this point, I'm excited as fuck. I've never seen that much cash. We start our booking and things are pretty vanilla to begin with. Tells us he wants us on top of each other so he can switch between us. Nothing unusual for Emily, but I was confused as fuck. I remember thinking, how will this work? I get on my hands and knees and Emily hops above me like he requested. We were in this position for about 10 minutes before I start cramping up in my legs. I try to be inconspicuous so he doesn't realize I'm about to fall down, but it doesn't work. I literally fall down, scream from the cramp in my leg. Emily falls on top of me. Not sure how it happened in the process, but he managed to get his dick caught between both of us. He screamed so loudly, fell on the floor, and blood started pissing out from his tip. Emily and I looked at each other in shock. I offered to call an ambulance, and I met with a loud, How the fuck do I tell my pregnant wife two prostitutes broke my dick? Emily bursts into laughter and I'm crying my eyes out. She tells me it's fine and I'm not the first hoe to break a man's dick and I won't be the last. We leave the hotel room as quick as possible splitting the 5k between us. It was my first year of sex work and I think I would have quit sex work that night if that happened to me alone. But she was right. It may have been the first time I broke a man's dick, but it wasn't the last. (laughs) There is definitely a first time for everything. That was Pris sharing her story in the intro room. Check out our show notes for a link to more stories from the intro room. I'm Tilly Lawless, and our final episode for this season comes from me. 
When the manager came in to tell me I had got the job, an hour booking, I was so nervous that my hands began to shake getting the tray together. When I got into the room, she was lying naked on her belly and I began to tentatively massage her. You were like so hot, <laughs> what are you doing here? Well, actually my sugar daddy bought me this as a treat. I'm bisexual and I've always wanted to do this. So he was like, here you go. I'm a stripper myself, but I've never been on this side of things. Oh my God, that's awesome. And so good that he let you just do it and he didn't want to watch. Yeah, he's super chill. <laughs> that episode is in your feed right now. So why don't you go ahead and listen to it? Or you could tell someone you like about all of the fantastic stories from Tall Tales and True. Let them know they can find it anytime on the ABC Listen app. I'm going to tell you, since we have been touring this show, my life has gotten so much worse. And it really has. And the most recent thing is my relationship ended spectacularly badly. Badly. I'm Judith Lucy, and in that clip, I'm referring to discovering that the man I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, we were about to move in together so we could start saving to buy a place, had completely betrayed me. One afternoon before performing that very show with my hilarious buddy Denise Scott, I was sitting in my hotel room on the phone to him when he said the words, I can't keep gaslighting you. I've been stealing money out of one of your bank accounts for over two years. And the name of the tour we were doing, Disappointments, might alert you to the fact that I'd already had a few. I just look back on all these disappointments, big ones, small ones, and I think, what's the point? You know, why are we here? Oh, my God, I don't know. I, I look back on the days when I used to drink until I fell over. You know, I, I smoked, I took drugs, I got stoned every day. Oh, my God, I had the most disgusting casual sex. And what I finally come to realise is that I was really happy. I'm Judith Lucy, and I'm overwhelmed and dying. Just before turning 50, I realised that I was totally overwhelmed by the state of the world and my own life. But I also felt like time was running out. So the question is, how to make the most of the years that I have left on this planet? I know what you're thinking, and you're right. This podcast is going to be hilarious. How do you feel about dying? I've always been told from a young age that the only thing I have to do in this life is die. When I die, I want to have been the best possible person I could be. What gives your life meaning? We're running so fast forward that we've forgotten kind of to go forward. We need to go back. We're sort of gazing on something infinite from a very finite position, and I don't know how anyone can be certain on that. Are you single? Uh, I am single. 
No, I've heard of my son. This, well, in the sense that there's one of me. <laughs> <laughs>